This episode is brought to you by Gummy Cube. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E dot com. And uh, they ask you, is your app visible in the App Store and Google Play search? Well, they can help optimize your app to increase search rankings and you can see how to increase your revenue with App Store optimization. To learn more, go to www.gummycube.com. That's gummycube, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E dot com. And thank you very much, Gummy Cube, for supporting the show. Asking Point helps you leverage your most valuable asset, which is your install base. Use it to quickly and easily create native-looking localized text or image ad campaigns that promote your apps to users of your other apps. It makes a lot of sense. So go to www.askinpoint forward slash app guy, all lowercase, and you'll get a free basic account to register and try. And then you'll also get the chance to upgrade with a 30% off. That's askinpoint.com forward slash app guy. And thank you very much for sponsoring this show. Hi, I'm Arnie Suskendraja, and I'm with The Collective, and you're listening to The App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the app guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the app guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp, and I have the pleasure of meeting all these wonderful app entrepreneurs from uh, all walks of life, everyone that can help us in our pursuit of Uh, being successful app entrepreneurs. And uh, I've got a real treat for you. Uh, You should stay tuned for this episode. It's going to be great. You're going to learn how how to work with remote teams and do remote development and maybe even try to figure out whether you can use Russian contractors and, and also the whole life of a startup. And it's going to be a great episode. Let me introduce uh, our guest. Uh, his name is uh, Daniel uh, Koziatnikov, and he uh, is a serial entrepreneur. He's got loads of stuff um, uh, that he's accredited to. And, uh, you know, his past is amazing. He's, he used to be the CTO and co-founder of Meet Cute Inc. Uh, he received some uh, funding, like actually quite a lot of funding from a top uh, angel investor. And uh, he, he used to travel all around uh, between Switzerland, Russia, US. So lots of, um, you know, entrepreneurial uh, type of uh, uh, daily daily stuff to talk about. So, uh, Daniel, it's a, a warm welcome to you on the App Guy podcast. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, well, well, first of all, how how cool is it to have uh, to be a serial entrepreneur? You, I mean, you're calling me from LA. You're living in San Francisco. It, it must be an awesome life. Uh, it's awesome and intimidating at the same time because there are a lot of ups and downs. So I would I wouldn't call it a normal awesome you know cool kind of life, but it's it's fun. Yeah, because we we got a lot of listeners who uh, I have to say are stuck in like the corporate jobs. They do complain to me uh, that they are looking for something more in life. And if you were given a choice, Daniel, of um, being in a corner cube, um, programming all day or working on you know some project and being a very small cog in a big wheel, or doing what you do, uh, what, what would it be? Uh, you know, it's, it's actually a very different kind of life. And I actually met a lot of people who would prefer, you know, a cubicle job. But uh, as for myself, I, you know, I would hate it the minute I walk in there, and I would never do that. I'd rather prefer to be, you know, broke and slip in my car with my laptop and, you know, coding away, rather than being, you know, safe and secure, per se. 
Well, that is the sort of people that we uh, want as listeners. So if you are listening to this and you love the life of a cubicle, then please go and listen to another podcast. <laughs> so we want, we, you know, we, uh, all the guests are incredibly inspirational and you are as well. Perhaps you can take us back a little bit because I know you've got such a rich past and, and talk about uh, Questly and uh, then you, you know, meet, meet cute. And perhaps we could just flesh out some of that past from you. That was that was a wild journey. Yeah, thanks for bringing it up. Um, so I'm originally a just random Russian guy who was born in the middle of nowhere. I went to a university in Russia, and uh, nothing seemed to you know be out of out of ordinary. But then uh, I opened a, a tiny, tiny little company in Russia, which were making social games for you know Facebook and uh, uh, Russian social networks, which are basically copycats of Facebook. And over time, we, we uh, you know, got interested in app development when uh, first, you know, app, uh, you know, SDK of Apple was released. We actually started to do those uh, really early on. And we ported some of our games uh, from social networks to the iPhone. And uh, that got some attention. And I got invited to, um, to attend uh, a conference in Paris called Levet. You actually guys have that in London as well. Um, so I went there and, uh, I did some, some, you know, what, what do you, what do you would normally call these days, a uh, growth hacking or, you know, uh, social media marketing kind of schemes. And, uh, I ended up meeting with a lot of investors, uh, and, uh, really amazing people over there. And, uh, we, we ended up raising quite a quite significant amount of money for uh, for a project that I was thinking about back then. Uh, it was called Questly. Uh, so we raised funding in Switzerland, actually a few rounds, and that's what got me going. Uh, we extended our team in Russia. Uh, we had about uh, 10 developers by then. Um, we opened an office in Switzerland and eventually in San Francisco. And that's what uh, basically brought me from middle of nowhere in Russia to to the Silicon Valley and, you know, all that uh, entrepreneurial <laughs> dream. What an inspirational journey. And, you know, that, that will give a real lift to anyone from any walk of life who's listening to this. We have listeners from all around the world. And it just goes to show that if you're in the right place at the right time and, you know, you happen to meet the right people, then... Uh, you can go places and and it must have been just amazing to be at that conference and just meet all those investors and suddenly get this significant funding and be a, a real entrepreneur and not have to worry too much about uh, paying the bills i'd say i'd say it goes hand by hand um because you know at times it's really hard at times it's really easy and uh, i would just encourage anyone who is doing that uh, not to give up because you know, the more the more activities you do, one of them surely is going to work at, at some point. So I can imagine Quest.ly uh, must have become very popular. Uh, I mean, do you, would you be able to give us some guidance on just how popular it became uh, as the social gaming that you you were into? That's complicated. So we didn't get enough traction in in the U.S. market, which we were targeting, and you know. Uh, talking about with investors, it got uh, quite significant traction in Switzerland, you'd be surprised, and uh, and some in Russia. Uh, but 
that's not exactly what we were shooting for. So uh, when you're developing, you know, social social kind of apps and like uh, business to consumer uh, model, it's very unpredictable. I'd say it's very hard to predict and very um, unsustainable model to follow. I'd say because uh, you know from case to case it, it differs a lot and not a lot of people actually know how how and why it works you know same same deal with instagram i mean why instagram you know went so popular when all the other photo sharing apps didn't because there were there were a lot of them at the time um so yeah we got traction in switzerland uh and i speak uh, zero words of german and swiss german uh which actually led me eventually to leave questly and focus on my next project which was uh, a dating app uh, called meetcute right okay and i know in the, uh, your uh, profile it says that you managed to raise some money from quite a high profile angel investor uh yes bill warner uh that was that was actually a very similar story and very sudden one because uh, I was in a transition of leaving Questly and, uh, you know, investors were taking over and uh, some other people that we brought on board. Uh, and I met this this guy who was my co-founder who ended up being the CEO of MeetCute. Uh, and he had this idea in mind and I was really impressed by by the idea and by Daniel. Uh, he, his name was also Daniel Mariental. So we were Daniel and Daniel. Um, so we developed the the web version sort of a prototype for for meet cute in uh actually a couple of weeks and then we presented it at uh at the launch conference in san francisco which is hosted by jason calacanis um the guy who brought us and gadget and all those amazing things yeah he does a podcast as well doesn't he this week in startups yes actually actually i had an office like right next to him in san francisco for a while <laughs> Yeah. That was great. So, did you bump into him quite a lot then? Yeah, we're basically next door. So, wow. But yeah, those guys are really serious about recording stuff. They they always occupy the conference room with all their equipment. <laughs> it just shows you that uh, you know you have to be there in the heart of uh, where, where all the action is happening because uh, you, you you get to bump into the uh, influencers who uh, can can help your business. But but also, I was just thinking, listening to your story as well, it, it must have made a big difference uh, having the credibility of already, you know, being with Questly and uh, and having that track record and that background so that investors probably felt more comfortable with you, uh, you know, on your, your future ideas. Does, does that make sense? You know, do, uh, yes, do, yeah. it, it definitely does because we technically we negotiated the terms of... Uh, angel investment in MeetCute in a hallway in like seven minutes, let's say. Seven so minutes? People, not more than that. Maybe what? 10 at most. Uh, let me get and it there, straight. You, you, you've raised uh, this significant amount of, of funding. Uh, in, no, no, no. For, for MeetCute, that was actually quite small, which I ended up finding very healthy for a startup that stage. Okay. Yeah. So so you learned some you learned some lessons from the the initial Questly episode of your life. And yes, definitely. You, you then were able to make wiser choices uh, when well, it came here, to meet here's you. Here's the thing. At Questly, we raised a lot of money very prematurely. So we started throwing money at, you know, development process and, you know, some marketing techniques that we are not sure about. And, you know, we ended up wasting a lot of money in, in the 
trying to get wide in the US. But uh, for example, in Switzerland, it took us almost no effort to, you know, to get some big contracts such as, you know, McDonald's and Swiss railways. Uh, if we spend it, all of those money and time and effort on the Swiss market, we would be, you know, uh, I don't even know how to, because <laughs> we already went pretty big there. So we would be, you know, the top three choices of uh, marketers in Switzerland if if we put, we have put, you know, the same amount of attention. Um, but going back to MeetCute, um, so we presented the conference and one of the investors, uh, Bill Warner, uh, got interested in what we do and we negotiated the terms of uh, angel funding. We didn't have any funding before that. Uh, basically, in the hallway, he <laughs> he actually asked a random girl if she would use uh, MeetCute and, you know, after test in the market right there and then uh he agreed to invest and that was that was actually <laughs> the best, best investment i got that's just so fascinating and if, for a lot of the apps to tribe listening to this the audience uh you know there is this perception that when you raise money you need uh, big thick slide presentations and lots of pitches and you, you know, it's a bit like Shark Tank or Dragon's Den or whatever, you know, one of the, uh, and here you are, you, you know, in a, in a corridor and uh, and all that happens is that the investor asks a random lady uh, to, would you use this app? And she says, yes, it looks great. And that's it. <laughs> it's, uh, what a wonderful story. Uh, yes, as I was saying, uh, actually, the less money you have in the initial stage of a startup or app development, uh, from my experience, was much, much healthier you tend to make uh, much wiser decisions and much better choices when you don't have money. Uh, you test waters without, you know, huge marketing budgets and you can come to a really sustainable model. And then if you raise money on top of that, that's, that's a killer. And also investors tend to, you know, give you money much easier and at much better valuations once they see something working as opposed to, you know, like, oh, we're going to do this and here's some money and then you're stuck. Yeah, yeah, we've had some really interesting entrepreneurs on this show in the past, and this is one thing I'm learning is that there is a theme when you're uh, before you have a solid uh, idea about what you're doing, and you have this big investment uh, that you can just waste uh, that the money uh, on building up features that don't uh, end up moving your business forward. And I remember the chat with uh, the founder of Everest, and he had a, a massively high burn rate, uh, and. Uh, unfortunately, you know, a lot of the resources were wasted on uh, developers that didn't really have a stake in the future of the, the app or the business. Uh, and so they, they had to pay a lot of money to, to developers uh, for features that necessarily weren't you know, beneficial. Uh, and I know you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the remote uh, development and perhaps working with uh, Russian contractors, because I think that could help out you know, people who are, are building apps and trying to do it on a, a bootstrap or a lower budget yeah so i would say i, I have a, an, an unfair advantage over everybody who's doing stuff in silicon valley because i can hire as many russian contractors as i can um but yeah uh all my apps all the websites i did were basically remote development so i always had engineers in russia and ukraine uh, and right now it is actually a very good time to hire somebody over there because, uh, as you know, Russia is in a pretty big crisis uh, financially. And there are a lot of amazing developers out of work. And uh, we actually recently hired quite a few people for our recent newest project. 
and uh, it's been really easy. We got really good developers. Um, as working as for working remotely, here, here's the thing: because uh, I speak Russian, it's much easier for me to get developers who don't speak English and you know don't require that much uh, of a wage. Uh, as for somebody uh, who only speaks English, don't speak Russian, I would suggest to look for developers in Ukraine. Uh, the guys are amazing. Uh, the pay is actually lower than in Russia. And right now you can get really, really amazing developers over there. Um, but it's it's also a process. It's very different from working in the same room because, uh, you know, there are some trade-offs for remote development as well. Um, I'd say when you when you try to develop something remotely with contractors you never met, um, focus on the process, focus on the metrics, focus on, you know, um, especially if you're early an early age startup, uh, spend a lot of time on, you know, setup calls, you know, uh, aligning your, your expectations and visions with the developers. Um, I would actually also suggest some, some tools to use because, uh, we, we recently, because I've tried a lot of remote development tools and, you know, project management stuff, you know, Asana and Basecamp and what, what have you. Uh, but we recently found that, uh, Actually, Trello works really, really well for remote development and, you know, tasks tracking. Yeah, I would suggest that anyone listening to this should go to the show notes. It's at theappguy.co, uh, episode 283 with uh, Daniel. And uh, you'll be able to get links to the things that we're mentioning. Maybe uh, after the call, I can grab a few more links to some of those things. Because you must have had, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, experience at, at working uh, on many of these different platforms and uh, yeah I, I would love to get like you know a few of those tools and put those into the show notes so that people can uh, actually go ahead and, and uh, access those this episode is sponsored by gummy cube uh, i really like gummy cube i highly recommend you go and check them out because there's so many factors to consider when optimizing your app for the app store let me just run through some of the things that gummy cube will take into account when trying to optimize your app uh, they'll look at the app title and uh, app keywords uh, what your users are looking for uh, they'll look at the reviews and the ratings uh, what users are saying about your app uh, your app description uh, which really does describe everything about your app uh, your app logo um, obviously making a first impression really does count uh, your app screenshots which show off your best features so they take all these factors into account and help optimize your app so let me recommend going to gummy cube www.gummycube.com and thank you very much to gummy cube for supporting the show this episode is sponsored by asking point if you've listened to any of my past episodes and you'll know that ratings and reviews are one of the most important factors that affect your app if you are into app store optimization, then you need to have good positive reviews and good positive ratings. Now, Asking Point has something called the Ratings Booster Rating Widget. And it's very clever because, get this, it uses uh, the analytics within your app to find who your power users are, who your fans are. Uh, shouldn't you be asking those guys rather than, you know, just these uh, users that download your app for the first time, leave a negative review and then disappear and, and never come back. You need to find your power users. You need to find the uh, fans who are actually going to uh, shout from the rooftops about your app. And uh, the Asking Points Rating Booster Rating Widget will enable you to do this. Uh, so go to uh, www.askingpoints.com forward slash app guy 
it's all lowercase, askingpoint.com forward slash app guy, uh, and really start to increase your uh, reviews, your ratings, and, and get more downloads. Thank you very much to Asking Point for sponsoring the show. Yeah, so we have two things to do before we say goodbye then, Daniel, is one, uh, we would love to know uh, if you had any app ideas, uh, anything that we could just build. Uh, we love asking our guests uh, for any uh, ideas. You know, you, you obviously have a few ideas up your sleeve, but perhaps you could tell us uh, if you've got any predictions on, you know, future app ideas that could really help us out. I would not per se suggest an idea, and I... I wouldn't encourage anyone to do something that they, you know, heard from somebody else, uh, you know, right, right out of the bat. But I would suggest to focus on some markets because uh, current, uh, you know, app com- consumer app development markets are really over flooded. Uh, the ones are, you know, Instagram and Snapchat and what have you, because uh, a lot of people read TechCrunch and uh focus on those ideas, but they, they're really hard to predict and uh, make actually work. I would instead suggest to look at a couple of other really exciting markets. First is enterprise software, because it's been really easy to develop enterprise software lately, because you don't have to have you know crazy infrastructure, the cloud is secure now, and a lot of companies actually looking for really good cloud solutions, because they've, you know, for the past 10 or 20 years, it's been a lot of uh, really crappy solutions made by giant ass companies, and uh, it's really easy to penetrate that market. If you are in the uh, in the market for that, I'd suggest look at uh, Box.com. It's a it's a really compelling story in terms of the company, but the app they did and how useful it is for the companies is amazing. Uh, they've been they've been able to get into enterprise software market without knowing anything about it. And the second mar- second market, I would say you should look into medical startups because there's a lot of potential in medical startups. There's a lot of inventions being made pretty much every day in medical fields and not a lot of people are focusing on those. Uh, And it's also much easier than you think it would be to enter those markets because there are a lot of markets that are in the medical field that are not regulated as heavy as, you know, uh, there are in you know traditional medicine. So, for example, we're working in a, uh, on a project of a traditional Chinese medicine, and it's completely unregulated in the in the United States, for example. Uh, I know, and it's really big in Germany and some other European countries. Um, so, yeah, that would be my suggestion. Uh, try try some ideas in uh, unconventional fields and uh, test them out. See if it works. It sounds great. In fact, if you're going to be clever, why not do an enterprise solution involving Chinese medicine? And uh, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, for example. But it's uh, those markets are because they are so established and they're willing to pay money as opposed to you know some random people who download their app on the phone. It's it's much harder to you know kickstart to develop uh, the sales process in there. But it's it's much bigger opportunity if you think about it that's wonderful advice and i absolutely uh, we've had past uh, entrepreneurs on the show who have also reinforced that message about building for enterprise because uh, there still are a lot of companies out there who are using uh, t- technology from 20 30 years ago uh, they're doing pen and paper <laughs> spreadsheets yeah. so th- there's tons of opportunity in that space also and, uh, also education market i mean it's the same sort of enterprise software market but 
at a particular niche, niche, which is very exciting. And educational, you know, institutes have a lot of money to pay for software. Wonderful. Well, that's great guidance. And the final thing then is that this is a show about apps. You know, we would love to know what's on your phone. If there's one or two apps that you have uh, that you could recommend uh, that you feel that are some maybe apps that we've not come across before. Um, so I wondered if you could pick up your phone and, and give us one or two app recommendations. I'm actually looking at it right now. Uh, there is nothing particularly striking out of normal. Uh, but lately, I'd say Slack was was kicking it. Uh, so Slack is amazing. By the way, another another example of uh, an app getting into an enter- enterprise market because they just they got it by storm. Um, so Slack, Trello. Um, say that's about it yeah what was that about slack so they uh are just getting into the enterprise space uh well slack is purely enterprise because you're supposed to register your company in there so it's not a consumer facing app but it's uh it's the idea is is bizarre it's just chat for you know for your co-workers which have been around forever i mean hip chat did, did that you know a long time ago but slack somehow did it better yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's strange because uh, it, it is. It, it feels like a consumer product, and uh, you know a lot of these uh, groups are like going through. For example, on Product Hunt, uh, you get communities that are on Slack, and uh, yeah, I, I often forget that you're right. It is an enterprise solution, although uh, you know it seems to be that everyone seems to be using it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I wondered so. You actually, um, do, do you access Slack uh, mostly on your phone or on your desktop? Or uh... Actually, both. You'd be surprised how much work can be done on, on the phone these days. I actually, I'd say like 30 to 40% of my work day is in my phone. Not necessarily on the iPad, which is strange because I have one as well, but it just lies around. Yeah, I did phone actually. Is so I, convenient yeah. I, I, I had a period of, um, oh, maybe it was last year, uh, possibly two years ago, where um, I decided to, for one month, only use an iPad and uh, not a, a desktop or my Mac. And uh, yeah, it was hard. <laughs> but uh, I would actually encourage uh, anyone listening to this right now to uh, think about how often you use your phone and try and increase that by 10, 20%, because uh, it, it's just so cool to be able to use your phone. I do it for podcasting and um, you know, I use my phone for Google spreadsheets and all sorts of things. And, uh, yeah, I do try and use my phone when I can. That's very convenient. Actually, I have a lot of, a lot of my Skype calls ended up being on, on the phone as opposed to a computer. And actually, a couple of cool apps that I use, uh, you know, as entrepreneur, you don't get, uh, you don't get a lot of sleep. And for that, I, I use this cool little app called Power Nap. Uh, that app tracks your sleep cycle, but it's not the conventional sleep cycle when you sleep all night. It just gives you, you know, a choice of three uh, types of naps, which is, uh, you know, 20 minutes, 45 minutes, and the full cycle, which is two hours. So you turn it on, put it in your pocket, and it wakes you up at the exact time when you're refreshed. So that helped my entrepreneurial crazy life a lot, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, that's because you're going through the night working and uh, and then yes, through, during the day you need to have some power naps. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Well, Daniel, this has been a fascinating chat. Thank you so much for, I mean, what an inspirational story, especially 
uh, from your humble beginnings and and the fact that you had so much success and then you chopped and changed and 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 uh, working next to Jason Kalkanis and uh, it's just wonderful to to hear you go through and tell your story very inspirational um, I'm going to put all the show notes, um, you know, the things that we've talked about and connections to you on uh, episode 283 of the Uh So you should go and check that out. But in the meantime, how, how best can people re- reach out and connect with you? Um, email, I'd say, is still the best way. Email and Skype. Yep. Right. I'll, I'll put I don't those... do all, all, that, all that much of social media because, you know, a lot of people actually focus on that. But for some reason, I... I find it uh, very strange because if you're doing an enterprise software, why should you be, you know, good with social media? I just, I prefer to focus my, you know, uh, efforts on different things. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll put that, run into it. I'll put those details on the show notes as well. So if um, you, you want to uh, connect with Daniel, then uh, you'll have to go to theappguy.co and episode 283 and you'll see it all there. Thank you very much for joining us, Daniel. All the best with uh, Enjoy LA and... Uh, I hope you hope you make it back to San Francisco soon. And uh, yeah, it'd be just uh, thank you very much for coming on the App Guy podcast. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a great pleasure. This episode was brought to you by Gummy Cube. Just go to G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E dot com and go check out their App Store optimization service. And if you're using web data to optimize your app, you're doing it wrong. You need to be looking at mobile data. They have a full analytics package where you can uh, get mobile data. It's very different from app data. People do different stuff on search compared to uh, mobile apps. And so go to gummycube.com, check them out. Thanks very much for supporting this show. Remember that this episode is also sponsored by AskInPoint. They are the service that lets you use your app analytics to intelligently remote control your ratings widgets and your in-app cross-promotion messages, your push, your polls, and just about anything else that you want to control in your app. Uh, it helps you get more downloads and get uh, better ratings. So go to www.askinpoint.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase when you type that in and uh, get a basic account for free and get 30% off your first six months. So my biggest challenge with this podcast is getting it listened to by as many people as possible and you can help. I really need your help. Please leave me a five-star review in iTunes if you can. Then uh, that helps uh, me climb the charts in iTunes and then uh, it reaches a broader audience. And so if you love this podcast and you've listened to some episodes now, uh, don't delay. I do need your help. You listening right now. Uh, it not, it's not a case where you think other people will do this and you don't have to bother. Do something uh, to help me out and uh, leave a five-star review and I will be internally uh, grateful and thank you because then I can reach a broader audience and uh, get the content out there to help more people. So uh, go to iTunes uh, in your podcasting app or open iTunes in your desktop and just go ahead and leave a review for me. Thank you.